Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, the podcast mogul Phil Better, and today I'm happy to have politician turned digital entrepreneur mr sam george sam how are you doing today i'm excellent it's a beautiful day uh in los angeles yeah um we were we were talking before a bit about your your history how you went from being a political space communicator and you know handling that and running for a few different types of office and then you wrote a book and you're in the digital communications world I'm super excited to have you explain it more. Uh, So, Sam, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to my audience. So just take a few moments and uh, let them know who you are. Well, my name is Sam George. It wasn't always, but it is now. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Phil Better. But in any case, uh, my name is Sam George. And and, um, uh, for most of my life, from about mm, from 18 all the way till my to about 50. I was very engaged in American politics at a very high level. I was I worked with Nancy Pelosi, who currently is the Speaker of the House. I worked with George Soros on a very important ballot measure to legalize marijuana. It was a big, big thing that started passed in 20 states, starting out with a very important strategy. My focus was messaging, you know, kind of I was not like a politician, but behind the scenes. And then uh, I think when I was in my late 40s, I'd always want, even though I my my job was completely behind the scenes, you know, I decided, well, I want to run for office. I always wanted to do that. That's why I got involved. And uh, after it, I came very close. I was recount. But what was amazing is I really had a sad moment because I decided I just didn't want to do this. I mean, can you imagine having your dream? And granted, you didn't realize your dream, but you came within a few votes and decided, I want nothing to do with this process. As a matter of fact, at the time, I just became like cynical. I created a yoga company focused on medical yoga. And then I took my political activity into the ideas atmospheres and fall created uh, two nonprofits um, that focus on the process of how we elect the president. Currently in America, uh, we have an electoral college. Uh, there's a middleman. So your vote um, doesn't count directly. In fact, the disparity is unbelievable. And so it's to reform that process and then a sister organization for that. I had to raise money in order to sustain those organizations. And as it turned out, the biggest piece of my medical yoga company was digital. So I, I in the last mm, 10 years, I've become a very much a digital entrepreneur. There you go. And you also recently wrote a book, which you talk about how to properly communicate, how to send your message out there in the right way, correct? Yes. I mean, the name of my book is, I'll get back to you, The Discommunication Crisis. Why people, you know, why people don't return your emails, your messages, and why does it drive you crazy? And really at the center point of this book, Uh, Although there is a broader frame that speaks to what you say. Um, We probably all have had this experience. In fact, I've done quantitative research to show that it's 70% do have it on a fairly regular basis. 
where someone has not returned our email or text. It happens more frequently in digital space. And after a while, we kind of get worried, um, anxiety and agitation. At a certain point, we decide this isn't, this could be like seven hours or six hours that we go into this. The second stage, and these are stages that have been verified by polling. The second, so the face, the second stage is you decide something's wrong. Why? This has happened many, many times. You caught up with the person, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've had this experience before, you know it was BS, but yeah, you do it again. And so you say, oh, something's wrong. And what's wrong usually has something to do with what you did. Somehow it's orienting about, it's, you know, I mean, there are situations where, um, but, but mainly it's about you. Um, and here is the big jump. We jump to the worst case scenario. The absolute worst case scenario. Now, I want to keep this important because it's the, we, we don't just go negative. Because let's say you had three different versions of negative and you three different versions of positive. No, no, yeah. no, no. We jump to worst case. And it absolutely is insufficient. As much as we try and tell ourselves, we keep catastrophizing. You know, it's like a negative loop that keeps on coming back. You know, and as much as we want to tell ourselves, well, they were busy, blah, blah, blah. Boom. Here comes in our negative thought cycle. So the book tells a little bit of it. So this happens uh, as a result of our discommunication crisis, as well as there's a psychological mechanism that is at play. And then I tell people using my, my, my knowledge from digital communication uh, of, of ways that they can get their messages returned uh, more quickly that the communication will be understood um, because that's vital. I mean, think about it. None of us, we haven't had a course. Nobody has a course in how to write nope. an email or how to, how to communicate through Instagram or text message. We're just a bunch of idiots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it's Very really true. amazing. And of course, unfortunately, I mean, fortunate, unfortunately or fortunately, I mean, whatever you want to look at it. But I will point out that the digital age, obviously has brought some amazing things, but it has done harm, harm to our, our communication and to our well-being. And it's important to understand both, you know, like uh, yin and yang, you know, <laughs> so I'm here to talk about the yang side of it. Uh, you, you talk about the positive a lot on your show. So, so that's kind of the, um, that's kind of me and that's what I'm doing. I love it. I love it. I, and I can't wait to pick up your book because I, I want to know how my emails can be or my communications can be open and why I always jump to the negative because the same thing, like it's in all parts of your life. It's not just like in work. It's also in like your personal life because I know when I'm texting a girl and she doesn't text me back, I get, I, she doesn't like me or all that crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. So, but here, you know, I, I mean, this is an important thing. I bet, Phil, I'm the first person who talked about this like as a concept, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't think it's talked about anywhere. I couldn't find anywhere. You know what I mean? Now there are, uh, the only time it's been brought up to me is about um, females who, whose girlfriend, I mean, men doesn't talk, I'm sure men go through it, like you said, but you know, they're all into whether or not he's, you know, if he's not into me and stuff, but they don't go into the full catastrophic, you know, main no. mode or nor do they look at it conceptually. So 
this is the concept. Here we have something that causes us, especially in the in the digital age, constant constant anxiety. And even if you don't go in this full blown boom, you know, uh, uh, discommunication syndrome, that's why I call it. We're always got emails out there, and we're always wondering, you know, we, you know, I mean, what happened? You know, did did they understand? That's a big issue. You know, before you go, this is the the the, the thing where you freak out, you know. But many times, uh, in a much shorter version, you know, you're concerned that um, did I come through? Which really highlights um, another problem. But what we have today is not communication. Digital communication, by definition, is discommunication. And that's because communication has a direct feedback. I mean, talking about interpersonal communication, it's defined in the dictionary conversation, means this. It means direct feedback, like we're having right now. It's kind of an abstract concept. But it means talking directly to somebody yeah. where they talk directly back at you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I see how you're talking. I hear your voice. I can, I have enough. Right, right. But the important thing communication is, is more than just whatever, you know I mean? There's an immediacy, right? But with digital, it's always delayed. And that's the problem. That's why it's not communication. You know, first of all, when we talk about community, we're talking about interpersonal communication. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, um, you know, books or, smoke signals and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But since the beginning is actually before civilization, before our civilization, two generate two, two different iterations before us of uh, ancestors, uh, talk, talk is what talk is it. That's what defines us. I mean, there could be no home, you know what I mean? That's what makes us human. And uh, there would be no civilization without it. And it wasn't until about 1990, for the first time, that people communicated interpersonally, again, um, through through the system that didn't have a direct uh, link. You know, phone conversations are no different than this, no different. They're direct feedback. and and um, But email, you don't know, okay? So, like, even when you write the email, what it's saying about not being understood, you're concerned about... Well, will they, is this, can I use this word? Can I do this? If I mention her, you know what I'm saying? So, oh no, it, the, the fact that there's not immediate feedback, it's, a, everybody talks about the technology. Oh, you know, digital, this, this, and that is the tech. No, the technology is the same as it was before. Phone. 80% of the people opened up their emails by phone and 100% text messages. So we're using the same technology. So just take that you know, out of your minds. And we're actually, you know, the, the phone technology itself is digital today. So, you know what I mean? The, the, we don't use phone lines. So, so essentially, um, it's not that. It's this feedback loop, a broken feedback loop, um, you know, that really is at the essence. And it's, it's an abstract concept, but it really penetrates to the core of the problem. Jeez, so much to so much to take away from this. This, I'm I'm so f- looking forward to reading your book and upping my uh, intelligence in that. Um, but w- what made you? What was the spark that made you say, "Hey, I need to talk about this. Write this book." Like, what was that spark for you? I was doing uh, some research. I wanted to write. I wrote a book in 2004. I co-authored a book, a big book about 
American politics called The Great Divide, Metro versus Retro America. It not only was it the first book that really went in depth historically, economically, you know, people talked about red and blue states, but really, you know, understood it theoretically. But also we realized that there's a culture war here. It's a full blown war. And it wasn't until, you know, till the last five or five years or 10, you know, it wasn't until especially the advent of Trump where this became a war. I mean, literally look at the Capitol in January. That's yeah. a war. You know what I mean? So what, you know, so that was a book I did. But, you know, like I said, I've been trying to evolve out of politics. The last thing I wanted to do was write a book about politics, but I wanted to write another book. And um, I was writing about I was doing a lot of research about fear. It always it seemed to me that this notion that our fears are based on ancient things, fight or flight, that seemed to me didn't seem right. You know, what I mean, um, so I was just. And I thought, oh, I came across this on my horizon, you know, because it's, you know, they say, oh, I'm going to write a book about this. And in writing the book, I realized that, okay, I'm going to, I can give, I can explain it, but I need a theoretical framework. So I did a lot of polling because polling is very important. This book, its theory was developed as a result of, you know, I, I didn't know. I mean, I couldn't break it down to these stages. And so I use my political research skills. And so it's one of the few like self-help or self-improvement books where actually it actually has research to support everything I say. So all those stages are things that 70% of the people have. Um, I did interviews as well and flushed this out. So then, you know, I, I presented the book. Uh, I had background in digital communication to, uh, to grant, credentialize myself in terms of the book and to also give the answers. So that's that's how I got to write a book um, about, about why people don't return messages and what are the, uh, the weaknesses of uh, digital communications. And like I said, I mean, there are great things and there are bad things, but I think people talk a lot about the great things and they vaguely know about the bad things, but they don't really understand it. And so that really is a primary focus. It doesn't exclude the other half. Yeah, no, I, I think the reason why they don't talk about the bad is because they don't know about the bad. And you're going in depth here in your book. Um, now, I do want to, we're going to jump a little off of the, the topic of the book, because I'm interested how you uh, segued your political, you went lefty politics and you opened up your yoga practice. Well, my yoga. yoga company is Medical Yoga. I have a back. I had a back issue, and uh, right after I, I I ran for office in law, the a yoga teacher who was suffering from um, a terminal disease, and she said yoga is the only person, the only way of keeping me alive. She was brilliant. She had, she owned a hot yoga, so I started. I tried hot yoga. I had a the next day I was scheduled for a surgery intake for my back and um, I didn't go. I went to the intake and told them I wasn't interested. You should have seen, looked at me and I just walked right out. You know what I mean? I just told the doctor I'm not interested. And, and through yoga, what was a surgery became a non, you know what I mean? A non-event. And I developed yeah. a form of informing. So I did some research and there is a lot of evidence-based literature studies that show the medical efficacy of yoga. Well, 
the rule is not ready for medical yoga yet. I tried, you know, a number of different ways, insurance companies. But what took was teaching teachers. You know, we would develop classes about medical yoga and then teach teachers, you know, the knowledge as well as the series online. So that's what my that's how my medical yoga. Now in politics, what I did is I wanted to get out of the, the war of politics, but I still was concerned with issues. Well, I formed two nonprofit organizations and I got some money, a grant to get started, but I had this dilemma. How do I sustain it? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I had done work in grassroots advocacy for many, for about 10 years before, you know, where you get people to write their congressmen and stuff like that through mm -hmm. email campaigns like that. And so I just, I, uh, I just learned how to do it. I hired a guy for about three months and realized that, hey, you know, I, I can do this as well as he can. I can do this very well. So, but he taught me the ropes and I thanked him and left. And now, um, you know, a big chunk of my income is from uh, running these nonprofits and the money that I generate in terms of fundraising. And it's also a way of, that my business keeps uh uh, I make a lot of profit there, but keeps afloat to till I can take it on a bigger stage and check capital. So uh, that's that's my story. But I I do digital stuff every day. I I write. I like to do my own copy because mm -hmm. I'm a messaging person. I write at least six or seven emails every week. Wow. You know? uh, every week, different ones. You know, all different. Um, <clears throat> different emails and use different strategies and things of that nature. And so when it comes to the solution section of the book, okay. Um, I mean, it comes down to that, you know, then I use my, um, my, my background, but the reason why you need prescriptions is because <clears throat> that you said it, this happens to us. It happens to me and I wrote the book, right? <laughs> so it's important. The awareness is huge. The awareness is huge. Okay. That's the mm -hmm. first mission. But what I found in researching it, I was uh, working with a biologicals, uh, a psychiatrist who founded the first biological Institute of psychology, psychiatry. He knew uh, the application of neuroscience to, to, to psychology. And he, he, it was through my work with him that I realized the role of pattern recognition as it has to do with the brain thinks in patterns. So it's constantly trying to complete a loop, whether it's an argument or a story. That's why we like stories. It's why we want closure. You know, mm -hmm. we want to complete the loop. Okay. You call it explanation. You know, we're constantly want to complete the loop. Well, our brain's forcing us to do that. And, and, and it's very powerful. If you hear a few notes. Yeah, uh, of a song. A song or of, it will trigger the whole pattern. And it right? gets stuck in your but head that's because forever and ever. Pattern. And what happens here, and this is what I figured out, is that the, so in a, traditionally in this kind of an atmosphere, right, there's no need, the loop is closed. You say something, I respond, trip, trip. there's no need for the brain to create, to fill the loop in. Mm -hmm. But in a, when the when the void is there, when there's no answer on the other end, well, it wants to complete the communication or the loop, and it can't. It literally forces us unconsciously 
to jump to the worst case scenario. And that's what I wanted to point out. It's not just the negativeness. And it's not even based on fear. It's not even, this doesn't have to do with fear. It has to do with the most advanced part of your brain, the neocortex, that creates these loops, that fills in this pattern recognition. And that's what's going on. And I must say, it happens in other aspects of your life that are not, digi that are not digital. Uh, someone's late, where do we go? Accident, terrible, something bad happened. You know what I mean? I mean like clock, you know, within a second. Now, you know, 99% of the time, nothing happens, but that doesn't stop you from jumping there. Um, <clears throat> if it heard back about like a decision, your boss hasn't got back to you, you send them a text, it's been a day, maybe over a day. Oh, I'm fired. <laughs> now, this is not the, here, you know, all these books about self-help books because lack of self-esteem, all that stuff. Well, they, they may be relevant for the longer term negative loop thinking, you know what I mean? People have mm -hmm. attitudes, et cetera. But in the short term, no, it doesn't matter if you're confident. It doesn't matter if you're self-actualized. You know, you can have perfect self-esteem. If someone doesn't complete the loop with you, you'll go to a worst case scenario. And so this is really the origin of our not a lot of our negative. You know, once you jump there, the cycle is going to be catastrophizing, right? Yeah. Your I brain mean, just no runs. Go. Your brain just and, runs and, through and the loops. Since the brain is, you know, I mean, <laughs> So, so that's, you know, the, the brain is temporarily satiated by the worst case scenario, but it's the beginning of the, of the end for us. You know? It's the end for that. So <clears throat> that was a new calm. That's an important thing. So uh, that dynamic exists. So you have to find a way to sort of prevent the problem, right? To communicate so that this is an issue so that people have an, uh, as close as possible to immediate feedback and, 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 and the kind of understanding that we have right now where, you know, you can clarify. I mean, direct communication, Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, it would take, well, first of all, you couldn't do this podcast with text messages. No. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't do it through email. It would take thousands of emails and texts to do it. The, the, this is something I wanted to point is not only do these emails, it's not just miscommunication. I mean, direct communication like here is like an ocean. Mm -hmm. I mean, emails are like, yes, no. Da, da, da. I mean, it's like a, it's not even a pond. It's like a puddle. I mean, then, you know, and the level of creativity, the level of connection, you know, people constantly refer to, oh, we had a good conversation. I've very few times people say I have a bad conversation because they felt heard, there was connection, but most importantly, things could be, there was closure. Whether you agree or disagree, you know, it's closure. And there's also this other thing that the brain releases serotonin, uh, which is a feel good hormone. So that's another aspect. You ever have a good conversation and then you talk to another person, another person, they're like, you're all jacked up. And they're like, what's up with you? Do you take drugs? No, you know? <laughs> That's my Tuesday and Wednesdays. Those are my Tuesday and Wednesdays where I get to yeah, interview yeah. people. So, so essentially you see the problem. Uh, <clears throat> so this emasculates. This shrinks our ability. And emails and texts and other digital you know, formats have become the dominant form of, uh, of communication. And that, you know, it, it, it's not like it's just, it's not like they're the bad guy. We don't want to talk by phone. 
oh my God, people under 30, lots of luck getting them on a phone. I mean, you know, because <laughs> I've talked to some younger demographic things and I said, well, you know, it's important to talk on the phone. Why you talk on the phone? <laughs> it, it's a struggle. My boyfriend doesn't want to talk on the phone. <laughs> he refuses, you know. So, so yes, um, you know, we've changed. We're lazy. I mean, that's basically it. We're lazy. But we've lost so much. We're losing so much in the process. And as this continues, it has, it's, it's not just communication. It will continue to have will continue to shrink um, what it means to be human. Interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm just in, like, I'm enthralled. I'm speechless because I'm, as you're talking, I'm going back through my, my life in this community, in communication with digitally. And I'm like, well, that explains that. This makes a lot more sense. Okay. I can, like, I just go through my, my life and all, I'm like just clocking these moments where I have said, sent that email and I didn't get the immediate back because I know how quickly you get an email. Like the email is like lickety split. So why haven't you responded to me? And then it goes to the worst case scenario. And it's done that constantly. And say, yeah, no, it happens to all of us, uh, happens with free sequence. And even if you don't go into the full cycle, you're worried. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, you're wondering, you're worried. We're always, we're, we always have emails we're thinking about. Oh, yeah. We're always thinking about emails, right? Messages mm. that would be sent. When will they get back? You know, a lot of times we wonder, this is a big issue, um, you know, and, and, and the solutions seek to address, um, you know, all of these things. Because I remember when I was younger, I used to have a pen pal. I would write them a letter. I would never be worried about, like, why haven't they written me back yet? Because I know the mail takes so long to get there and then they have to write it and send it back. So I was, there was no anxiety. Well, it, it's not a conversation. Okay. Yeah. This is a conversation, right? It's there. A mail is not a conversation, right? This is a conversation, at least according, but technically by both Oxford university Mary, and they haven't even amended the dictionary after all these years. Digital communication, a digital conversation does not exist. <laughs> it doesn't meet the, you know what I mean? Although Google calls them digital conversations, but they're not conversations. And so, but there is a structural difference. There is a difference expectation because, but it's also not a conversation. Conversation is like, boom. Yeah, conversation is immediate feedback. So, so yes, um, the world has changed. Um, listen, some of this stuff happened, you know, for example, um, you know, before emails and texts, you get a voice message. Oh, a lot of the same kinds of things happen, you know, and they still do today. If you drop somebody a phone call and they don't get back to you, you can have the, a very similar experience. But, you know, the, the, the thrust of it now is emails and texts. There's so many. And by definition, they're unreturned calls. Every email is an unreturned call. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until it gets returned, right? So, but but it has that effect. Can you imagine a billion unreturned calls? So, so, and then two, an unreturned call technically is an invitation to a conversation, not the, you know, but any in any case, yes, you can have this, you know, as I discussed earlier, you can have this if, a, if your son is late um, and you've texted him, you're a mother three times. Oh my God, he's dead. I should have never let him go out in the curfew. I'm a terrible parent. It's not unique. 
to, to, to just digital life. This pattern of the brain is, is this dis what you call discommunication pattern syndrome applies well beyond this. We can't, and it's important to note that it, it's important to note both in the areas of when somebody doesn't return your communication or whenever you find yourself jumping to a negative conclusion, to sit back and tell yourself that what's happening here in most cases is that your brain is kind of pushing you into this, you know? And it's important to have that awareness, even if then you just go on to catastrophize more. But, it isn't, <laughs> but so, so I developed ways. So, so what's the answer? How do we deal with the discommunication crisis? Well, the intent of the book was to deal with the unreturned message, but the, but the prescription, the analysis became much broader. And so the prescription you need to. So the only way people are not going to quit using emails and text. So is to make those communications um, as clear as possible and return as quickly as possible because it's the gap that causes the problem. And that's where I, I brought in, um, you know, digital communication. Like I said, we haven't had, we don't go to school for emails and text. You know, we, when we go to school to learn how to write, it's for composition, like essays or something mm. like that. You know, uh, these, these emails and texts are not usually compositions. And so uh, essentially we have no training. We, we are, sometimes we take classes about uh, public speaking Primarily, most of us learn through decades of experience how to speak publicly, how to speak clearly. And, you know, I mean, not everybody does, but I, <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing is, we've had no training, no education whatsoever. We're sending out these emails. We don't know how to get people to open them. We don't know how to get people to read them. There's so much shit. We don't know anything about how to write an email, how to get it returned to make sure that it's read. And I can get, I'll, I'll, if you'd like, I'll tell you what I, those, those, those procedures are in my book. Well, I, I want one or two, cause I don't want you, I, I, I oh, I'll just give you, I'm not, there's two chapters. I'll give you three basic ones. All right, let's go one, with the three okay, basics. With emails, okay. I'll, don't put a subject line. That's the subject. That's the worst thing you can do. Put something in digital marketing. We come up with, uh oh, your prescription has expired or um, talk to you in five hours. You know, these are, you know, these are tricky subject lines, but they're designed to get somebody to open the emails. And it's very important. If they don't open the emails, they're not gonna buy your product or contribute to your cause. But the same is true with people. People see these emails coming in, you know, we can't open them all. You know what I mean? I, I mean, we do see them often, you know, we're on our phone or, you know, it's not like we're in Bermuda where there's no internet or whatever, and, you know, so essentially we see these, but we don't open them. The biggest reason, there are two reasons why messages don't get returned. They get lost because we're just so many, you know, um, you know, your pain has about 20 emails. And then secondly, uh, this is the, people see them, file them, plan to get back and don't. Mm -hmm. And whether they get back late, whether they don't get back at all, you still, you still, your brain is still spinning, right? So, so that's the problem. That that is a problem. So you, the, the first thing to do is you want them to immediately open because they'll see it. 
And so if I put to Paul a thing that says meeting, well, that's easy to file, right? So rather than having people create, you know, these go, go up and look at all these subject lines that marketers use, I have a simpler formula. Just tell me the first word, not in terms of this conversation, the first word that jumps in your mind. Red. Right? Okay. Right? Like W-R-I-T or R-I-G-T? Red, like at the color. Oh, red. Yeah, like Mickey Mouse's Yeah, I just red. basically put red in the subject line. That will get somebody to open up your subject. It's it's a, you know what I mean? That that it's is Yeah, it's curiosity. It's curiosity, right? Any Okay, red. What is Paul calling me about red? What the fuck is this about? So you open it up, right? We got a zillion things coming in, right? We have to prioritize what we open. Okay? Uh and and so once they open the email, the open rate, even for friends and everything, and all is about 35, 40% of open rate. You know, that's what the percent, there's less than a 50, 50 chance the email you send will be opened. And so, uh, you know, that's what you have to do is you have to get them to open it on the spot. If they file it, they're probably going to forget or you'll be get a late response. Um, you know, the window pane only shows 20 emails, you know, or so. So, you know, it's real easy to make a note in your head and forget um, short-term memory. So the subject line is vital. You have to use the first word that comes to your mind, anything, any word. You don't have to be cute, okay? You just have to come up with some, con you know, just something that's not normal. And believe me, people get so much crap, nobody will ever say, hey, uh, Phil, why'd you use that word red? <laughs> they'll open it, right? And they'll read your message. And so that's the first thing. And then also, because people want to complete the loop, they're highly likely to return your message on the spot. You want to complete the loop, you know. We know this in digital fundraising. Yeah, they're, they're going to either make the purchase or contribute. They don't go back to their email and, and do that. And same thing in life, back to this loop. Um, the second thing is people, this is a, as big of a problem as, uh, as, as, uh, as the subject, people not opening it. People scan emails, you know, they scan them. They don't read them. They scan them and they scan them and they frequently, they scan them. They don't get what you're understanding. They miss things. They file it. So how do you get them to read your email? Nobody reads their emails. I mean, I don't know anybody that reads their emails like a, they would read a magazine article or a book. You know, you don't read your emails. You scan them. You have to. So how do you get someone to read your email? Well, you simply put their first name in as much as possible. <laughs> Bill, how do you feel like if you're, you know, like, you know, you have a common friend with someone and you see them, you know, periodically a lot, you know, like at your parties and stuff and they know you and you know their name and you know all that, but you're at a, you know, you're at a function and it's pretty clear that they don't remember your name. <laughs> it doesn't make us feel too good. Right. No. But, but, but if we go to the grocery store and a clerk who I haven't seen in months says, hey, Phil, we feel great. You know, so this is a well-known thing and it's in every book, but it, it works. Um, if uh, every salesman knows this trick, too. And it's not it, it it validates. But the most important purpose here is we're not trying to compliment. Just use it to keep them tuned in. So use it at least three times in a text conversation or an email. 
start out, dear Sam, Sam. Uh, same with the text. People never do it there, especially dear Sam. Come. Uh, then um, I'll use the case of an email. Text conversation is more complex. Okay, you're writing an email for a purpose. Reduce the purpose. So you, you're going to. Uh, so basically, the name will be used. So it's not one, dear Sam. Two, we'll talk about letter at the point of action that you're going to ask them for. Sam, comma, boom. And then signing off. Very easy. Thanks, Sam. This makes it real easy. You know, you don't have to oh figure out ways to say their name. It's very simple. Okay? Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I can't yeah, wait to get your book. Yeah, that'll keep them tuned in. Sam at the beginning. Sam in the middle. Believe me, addressing someone particularly, especially in the first, means all the roles. I always, always, always say, Jane, it's it's so important to do that. And we yeah. don't, and we never do it with text. Okay, that keeps them tuned in. Now, the second component is always reduce. I get emails the time all the time. I don't know what they're talking about. I, I you know, I don't I don't know what they're asking me to do. I really don't sometimes I don't even understand what they're saying, you know, and and how can I respond? You know, that's a good reason to say, okay, I'll get back to this and we know what happens. You get back to it, you forget or you delay. So, so it, so it's very easy. You, you know, obviously you want to keep the email succinct, you know, short, short, succinct. Always ask a question. Always. Whatever you're trying to do, whatever the purpose is, convert it to a question. Always ask a question. Make the question be the centerpiece of the email and uh, use the first name before you ask the question. <laughs> and the reason why is that therefore you're asking for a response. Do you know so many people they send a they send their friend a text and goes, "Hey, how's it going on uh, on on Thursday night?" And uh, Friday at three o'clock they're freaking out. What the fuck? You doesn't written you text back? Well, you didn't even ask for a response. You know, this happens with the text message all the time. So ask you're asking for a very clear response. And here's what's even more important: don't don't keep it open ended. People are timid. They want to say, "What do you think?" or I need your input. No, it's yes, no. I mean, you want to you want to say yes, no. You mean, okay, we plan on having this event at this time. Do you agree or disagree? <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to make it because it's what's known as a limit situation. Yes, no, either or. And obviously, you have to be somewhat craft here. But you want to make the response one way or the other because essentially, if it's what do you think? Well, that's just an invitation to delay and them not responding to you. So the second thing is you always put a question. Um, another thing is don't put more than two points in an email. Uh, make it one point, third. And then finally, finally, follow up. People are timid. I, 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 our, my polling suggests that people over 50% are uncomfortable with sending up an email afterwards. But the same research shows that 75% would welcome the reminder, okay? And we don't do that. So here's how you follow up. Do not, the, I, you can, but it's a mistake. The reason people don't follow up is they don't want to put people on the spot. There's other reasons too. But yet when they do follow up, they do just that. They forward an email with the email. Well, when you forward an email, that's just something you should avoid anyways. You're going to, for, but, but, but just not to get into the whole book. But, but essentially, why didn't you get my email or 
you know, I wrote to you and you didn't, you know, and nothing like that. It's very simple because they didn't see it. They didn't see it or they said it, saw it. They didn't read it. You just edit, copy, paste in the new email and come up with a new color, like purple. <laughs> just come up with a new subject line and send it off, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I you know, do that twice. And I, you know, in 24 hours, you'll feel a lot better. You know, it, uh, uh, you really, you will get a response. You always do. You know, you have to remember that in all these cases, almost always we catch up with a person as a totally rational reason for this. But meanwhile, we put through our minds, you know, through all this catastrophize. This creates a lot of noise in our life. Um, this kind of catastrophizing in others again, you know, and so that's simple. Um, use a, use a creative subject line, a non-traditional don't put the subject in the subject line. If anything, put nothing, but don't ever put the subject in the subject line. Um, you know, under extreme cases with, you know, but even then, I mean, believe me, no one's going to care, okay? In terms of threading, the email clients do that for you, right? Then it doesn't matter what you put in the subject line, they'll thread it as a conversation. And uh, so that's it. Ask a question, use a person's name at least three times and follow up. Jeez, these are like a hundred, this will, this, you know, what's funny is I have people who come up to me, they're like, Phil, how do I get more people on my shows? And I'm like, this is, I'm just going to clip this last bit we just talked about. I'm like, just listen to this. Cause Sam just like broke down the easiest ways to get more people on your show. Or yeah. I mean, it's really, I've talked to, I've talked to marketing groups and stuff and they send newsletters and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's they're not going to read a newsletter, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, unless no. Yeah, I mean, don't be sending this crap, right? You know, I, I mean, send stuff that dessert that needs a response, right? You know, or at least yeah. ask a response because at least they'll think about it. Use their name a lot, make it personal, and uh, just don't send a lot of BS, you know. And then absolutely ask them whether or not they want to be on the show. Don't skirt around it. Yes, no. There you know, you when I send a press release. You know, or when my consultant sends a press release, I, I, I tell them to put in there at the end. Do you, do you want, which, you know, not whether you'd like to talk to Sam, but do you, you know, will you talk to Sam? Yes, no. Or will it be on your podcast? Yes, no. I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> work on me. I got that email. I'm like, yes, I want Sam do. on my show. Yeah, the last thing people would do in a press release, uh, uh, you know, a publicist would tell you, you know, you know, if you're uh, like to talk to Sam, blah, blah, no. Do you want to write an art? You know, yes, no. I mean, do you want to? Yeah, are you interested in potential art? Yeah, yes, no. It's just that you know you don't breaking it you know, and, and it's easy, but it will get them to focus. Mm-hmm. Whereas these change things like general things you tail off, like uh, you know, what do you think, or you know, these things like um, want your in, that doesn't say anything, and the person is just a waste of verbiage. Awesome. Sam, I want to thank you. We, it's one of my longer episodes. I don't mind it because you were just dropping knowledge. Well, you can edit it. Uh, as you oh, know. no, no. I'm keeping everything in because it's been pure gold this whole episode. Oh, I'm going to jump off the screen, Sam. I'm going to give you a chance to let my audience know where they can find you, how they can connect with you. So they want to buy your book or if they want to talk to you more about how to get miscommunication back into the proper form so that they don't deal with this. So, Sam, the floor is yours. Let, the, let us know where we can follow you and uh, get in touch with you. Well, the easiest way to get in touch with me is to, to call me 
or to email me, my telephone number is 310-351-6735. The best way is to just text me at that number. But if you're interested in the book, just go to Google, put I'll get back to you, that's a pretty familiar phrase, and put George, that's it. Remember Curious George, right? Curious, you know, like George, like in Curious George, and that's it. Just put a Google that, that and that'll take you to, to the hyperlink. And, uh, you know, I have a website and all that, but uh, discommunication.com, but uh, if you want, if you're interested in more background, discommunication.com, D-Y-S, D-Y-S, like dysfunctionalcommunication.com. But I really encourage you to take a look at the book. And I really encourage you to, if you go to the Amazon site, you can get the gist of what's uh, being said, even if you don't, you know, the website per se. Um, but uh, yeah, you can make a difference here. You really can. You can improve your personal relationships and you can improve your relationships uh, with your colleagues at work and in your own marketing and clients. Awesome. Sam, I want to thank you so much for being uh, an amazing guest and sharing your knowledge with us. Uh, for my audience, all the links will be in the show notes down below so that you can go ahead and support Sam and uh, buy his book because I, I I just ordered it because uh, <laughs> I want to improve my communication skills because I know. Yeah, we have a sale going on. It's only $3.99 on Kindle. So it's a great there deal. There we go. Um, I'm going to cancel that order and get the Kindle version now. I didn't <laughs> I miss that because I just wanted to buy it right now. Uh, but Sam, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. And uh, I, to my audience, thank you for listening. And remember always to invest in yourself.